Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. Yes, I am back, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, we can definitely talk about where I've been and what yeah. I've been doing, but um, today we are going to have a very interesting conversation. And it is something that I believe has been on everyone's mind for the past couple of years but mostly I would say in the last few months. And the question that we want to ask today is, are thrift stores dead? Are they dying? Yeah, this is a big one, folks. So we definitely want to break all of this down because this is something that we've been seeing happening now for quite a few years. Ever since reselling became incredibly mainstream and popular. Um, And we know that a lot of younger folk, (laughs) younger folk, now are loving shopping in thrift stores. It's just where the style is. Um, a lot of people are no longer going to thrift stores for like, you know, Halloween, <laughs> you know, uh, specific things here and there that you might need. It's really become a destination and almost like a boutique in a way. Mm-hmm. So let's let's have that conversation. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you at the table. Um, hi, hi. Hello. Hi, How are you? I'm good. I am yes. good. It is warm here for October, but whatever. Uh, how are you? How's San Diego? Good. Everything has been great here in San Diego. Same thing. We've been really hot. Um, finally, it's gotten down to like 69, which I know is still hot for some That's people. It's a beautiful day in New England. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, thankfully, it's finally beautiful, but it has been very, very hot here as well. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of you who were recently here for Posh Fest felt the same way. I hope that you all enjoyed the beautiful city of San Diego while you were while you were here. Were you near where Posh Fest was or no? Is it further? No, it's not. It's not far. I was probably 15, 20 minutes away from downtown. I believe that it was downtown uh, San Diego. I don't actually know. I it's probably <laughs> should have known that. But it's funny, I did talk to a couple of you that were in town and gave you guys some tips and some tricks, you know, of where to go. And um, hopefully you guys had some luck finding some pieces in San Diego, because as you know, I posted a while ago that San Diego thrift store is not that great. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> whenever you post the stories of like your thrift store things, I'm like, what? like, I just didn't anticipate it to be the way that it is, that you, like, the way that you show it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I think it's kind of, leads us perfectly into our conversations of thrift stores and what are we thinking? What are we feeling that's out there right now? Um, I know that Daniela has definitely felt a big difference and we'll definitely go into all of that. Um, I know that people who I do talk to within the communities all feel the same way. There's various different things that people are seeing and I am seeing a big shift too in the way that people source their inventory now and how they're trying to figure out things because um so much has changed so I don't know if we want to just start with like one thing at a time on the things that we've seen that has changed a lot to unpack right so yeah I think the first thing we should probably touch on before we answer like our our thrift store is dead we'll just give like our perspectives of how it's changed over we'll say the last year because I think we could go back and look really far but let's just say the last year so I would say the market of thrift stores has changed in the way that they price things and the way that they put things out. 
um, their perception of who their buyer is. A lot of that has changed within the thrift store model itself. I'm talking about mom and pop and the big guys out there. Mm -hmm. Um, The view before um, thrift stores was like an affordable place for a family to go to get things or, um, you know, a teacher going in trying to buy some toys for her classroom or some books for her classroom. And it was really affordable or it was, you know, Halloween, like you said, Halloween costumes or something, right? There was an event or something. And you, yeah. you didn't want to spend a lot of money and you just needed something to put together. Yeah. That concept has changed. And I mean, it definitely started in 2020, 21, definitely ramped up in 22, but in 23, it's at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And what happened, what I think happened in 2023 was we as resellers didn't see it happening the same way that it was in the mainstream world out there outside of reselling and I think that caused a lot of like disturbance with us resellers because we were like oh wait why are the thrift stores so packed why are there so many people coming in here why are they picking up all the things that I would pick up are they sellers too and a lot of them are not they're just people buying yeah definitely definitely it's it's something where like you said that thrift stores their identity has really changed a lot and I think that this might be an unpopular opinion but I do think that resellers are part to blame on some of this stuff um you know I know firsthand because I have had I can't say who but I've had some people who are close to me that have worked at thrift stores before and they would tell me you know in in the back uh, that they would be thrift stores started getting smart and started watching YouTube, started seeing people's videos and seeing, oh, this brand is worth a lot of money. We should start marking it up. And they would start memorizing labels and names. Now, that's why you're starting to see random obscure brands that we normally would know marked up very high. Obviously, yes, we always know that like Calvin Klein would be marked up high. Lucky brand would be, yeah, J. Jill, um, whatever. Like those brands, Banana Republic, were usually marked up high. But seeing now these, we'll call them, you know, revolved brands, boutique brands or whatever, now marked up high, a lot of that is because there's a lot of free information out there. And a lot of the thrift stores are realizing, hey, we could mark up a lot, you know, and get, and get more money for this stuff. Or they've also started selling themselves online too. Um, out here in San Diego, we mostly have Goodwills. We don't have Savers. We don't have Value Village. You know, we our big one is Goodwill. And they have a online store. So everything that they deem that is worth a lot of money doesn't even go to, them, to the stores anymore. It all goes straight to their online platform and they sell it there. You know, now sometimes, sure, you might be able to find deals here and there. I've known people that have gone onto Goodwill's, you know, eBay accounts or their their own website, you know, where they have everything on there. But lots of times they're not. They're really expensive. Um, and lots of times they can't authenticate the pieces. So they're also selling really expensive counterfeit pieces that they don't even know about, you know, if they're, if they're counterfeit or not, is what I'm trying to say. So again, unpopular opinion, but some of it is, is based on the resources that they've been able to find that resellers were really great about giving out information. You know, we were learning, I learned so much about so many great bolos and so many brands that we weren't the only ones that were watching. Which is why it's made it so hard to source because if you're not keeping up with these newer 
sustainable brands that are mm-hmm. coming out. Like our whole episode that we have with Jamie, right? That is like the perfect example. Brands that we had never heard about that are huge in the reselling space, but like we wouldn't know it because it's not what the resellers focus on because it's such an obscure thing. Like the only way to continue to grow and stay current is to do that research and get to know what these other brands are. And listen, we've got this great tool that we keep in our hands all the time. And it's got these app called like Instagram and TikTok, and it pushes you all these new things all the time. Pay attention when an ad comes up for a brand, like don't just click on buy, like look at it, open it. Especially if you're doing market research, understand that there are new and upcoming brands that retail for a lot of money (laughs) and people look for it online because it's hard to come by or it's hard to get secondhand um, because they're pieces that people don't generally donate right away. They usually hold on to it, especially if it's a sustainable brand, they're made really well. You don't generally see a lot of those brands in the thrift store. You can, um, but I'd say they go more to consignment than anything else. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, something else that I've noticed too in the thrift stores out here on the West coast is when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The boutique sections in our thrift stores have gotten a lot bigger. We don't have boutique sections, so explain mm-hmm. to me what this is. So a boutique section would be like they're more higher-end pieces. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything in there is higher-end. I've seen Target in the boutique <laughs> section. So it's really, of course, like it depends on the person who is sorting that day or the person who is sorting the bags that are coming in um, and what they deem, you know, as a boutique brand versus not. But it basically means that if there's like a set pricing, you know, like all shirts four ninety nine or whatever, everything except for in the boutique section. In the boutique section, everything is individually priced. Uh, okay. So, and usually it's priced a lot higher. So one of my favorite thrift stores out here, it's a mom and pop, tiny little location. They went from having a tiny corner in the boutique section as there, and now they have a whole room oh. of boutique. Because they know they can get more money for more stuff. So they've gotten a lot better at like finding all the pieces that they can to put in the boutique session. And the boutique session is huge. You think you're in a consignment store based on the prices that you're seeing there. Same thing with the Goodwills here. It used to be a small, tiny rack. Now it's like a whole long rack are the boutique pieces and the boutique prices. Or sometimes they'll even have specific racks that are like, just Lululemon, just Patagonia, just whatever, you know, because we have a lot of outdoor bands here that people like, like Viore is made out in San Diego. So we have a lot of that in our thrift stores too. Um, All of that is in the boutique section and they know, they know all these brands and these names. So that's a big thing too, that I think is a big ding against the thrift stores because the prices have gotten really expensive. And this is not just in San Diego. I've seen quite a few people I forget who it was. It was the other day that was showing that Goodwill was trying to sell some hokas for fifty bucks. Please. Like who's who's doing that? Like that's crazy to me. That I know, and I know resellers are, are reselling it for that much, right? But it's a different audience, correct? 
But that's like out here when the when Sabres has a pair of Tory Burch flats from like 2010 and they want 80 bucks for it. Like no one out here falls for it. Not even the consumer falls for it. Like the everyday customer, it sits there. No one buys it. Um, right. Exactly. So, because at that price point, I can go to the outlet in Massachusetts and go get it for the same price. Like, why would I pay that at a thrift store when I can get it in, in the retail location, which is like a whole other facet of this, where thrift stores have gotten so expensive for mm-hmm. everyone, not just resellers, mm-hmm. for everyone, yes. that going to a retail store makes more sense. It does. And sometimes the thrift stores are, their reselling prices are not even correct. They're more expensive than what it actually is reselling for. So even though they might be doing their their brand research, they're not actually looking up the comps to see what is actually it's actually being sold for. So like those Troy Birch flats, for example, that you're saying from 2010 and they're trying to sell them for 80 bucks, they're actually only reselling for 35. Correct. So it is kind of interesting. So that is definitely a big ding that I see in my in my eyes about thrift stores kind of dying in that sense. Yeah. However, what has now happened is I feel like I'm hearing a lot of conversations about the bins again, mm-hmm. because all of these pieces are so expensive. Now, not every single thrift store chain has a bins. I don't know if Salvation Army has one. I don't know if Savers or Value Village has one. I doubt it. I'm sure it all goes to the dump or something, right. which is sad. I would, if anybody knows that there's a savers bins, please let me know because yeah, I will drive like, wherever what? that is. I think it's something <laughs> they should do. So they should definitely do. So the bins, though, have become the spot now. It's the only way that you can get bread and butter now. I think um, because bread and butter to me is J Crew made well. And Taylor, like you're tried and true, you know what I mean? Like Banana Republic. Talbots. Talbots, you know, all those pieces of like the mall brands, like those are marked up so high every once in a while. Sure, they might miss a shirt here or there or whatever. But if you're looking for volume, mm-hmm. you've got to go to the bins because yeah. people are not paying $7.99, $8.99, $14.99 for made well pieces, right. you know, but that's why they end up going to the bins you know so i'm seeing a big resurgence in in bins and people are are really getting out there and people who have never that i've been following that have never gone there before are starting to go there now and they're finding great stuff (laughs) really great stuff it's funny that you bring this up because um remember back in like this is before the pandemic probably right before like 2018 2019 Mm -hmm. where people were doing the i'm going to the bins i have a pile of items that i'm going to bring to the buy a sold trade store and have a pile of items that i'm going to be selling myself Mm -hmm. that's coming back and Mm -hmm. people are finding a way now like okay so if i'm going to go to the bins i need to have this make sense i'm good i need to supplement the income because let's be honest the income coming in from the um reselling platforms has definitely been tough I don't want to say it's declining but it's definitely a lot harder to make what you were used to making even a year and a half ago so Mm -hmm. now okay I don't want to I don't want to spend as much time on these platforms that are demanding way more money from me with promoting and whatever else how can I split this up and people have 
especially full-timers, they've gone back to that old model of, okay, we're going to go to the bins. We're going to have a carriage of items that we're going to list ourselves that are worth our time to list. And then we're going to have this other carriage. It's all buy, sell, trade, or consignment store, something where I can get money in my hand quick, pay for what I have just purchased at the bins, and then have that extra money left over to then put back into the business. It's super, super smart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. And so it's interesting, like we said, to see, like, even though I know the thrift stores are are, are gouging sometimes in some of these prices, um, a lot of that is making its way to the bins. Because, like you said, it, they're pricing themselves out and people right. are just not interested, whether it's reselling or someone who's just buying for themselves or somebody who is really in need and, right. you know, needs something. They're not buying it either. They're just like, no one is, no one is going to be buying that stuff. So I'm curious to see how long that will last for them. Because I'm pretty sure they're losing out on quite a bit of of money there. But who knows? Maybe they're making killings. They probably are because their cost of goods is zero. But you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. So, but so it's, so a non-reseller perspective, right? So when, because Mm -hmm. Matt's been coming sourcing with me so that if I get tired or whatever, he he comes in and, and, and but, um, one thing that, and he's even noticed it, and he doesn't come into the store. He hasn't come into a store. I can't tell you how long, but recently he's been coming with me. And yeah. he was like, wait, they're charging how much for this? This is a non-reseller who has no idea or concept on anything that has to do with reselling, right? Yes. No idea. Yes. And he was like, I, how can they even charge this amount of money? Didn't you used to buy this for like $15 before? Why is it 55? Like, yeah. Like yeah. he even notices it. So and he's not surprised now when I walk out of a thrift store and I only have one thing or I have zero things. Like, that's just mm-hmm. the reality of it. A lot of it also comes down to the way that some of us have decided to start sourcing and the things we want to sell, right? Like moving away from that quantity model and move towards the quality and the, you know, less pieces of processing and all that. But I will tell you, and Jen will reiterate this, because she lived in New England, you could easily go into a thrift store here and find designer brands, like modern designer brands for under $10, sometimes under 15 depending on who was pricing that yes. day. And yeah. you are guaranteed to walk out with at least 10 to 15. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 15 things and you'd make a killing on it. Not now. No, not at all. Not at all. I 100% agree with you on that. Um, the thrift stores have gotten incredibly popular, right? So not only with reselling, reselling, yes, there's a lot of resellers out there that are, for the most part, all kind of looking for the same stuff, okay? Um, Again, I feel like I keep saying unpopular opinion, but sometimes I get- Everything about this episode's unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. (laughs) I think sometimes for myself, I get a little bit annoyed when I hear the comment, there's enough for everybody. Because there isn't any more. There, this there was isn't. the thing years, fine. Go back People, two, three years ago, sure, there's enough for everyone. There is not enough for me in the thrift store for what I need. <laughs> there's not enough for me. That's a good one. It's like, it's true. It, it's just, yes, there's 
there's a lot of stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, we yeah. are a society of consumers. It's disgusting. That's a whole nother podcast. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it really is you a know, whole podcast. We, Greenwashing. we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume. But number one, the stuff that we're consuming for the most part is not very expensive. Right. It's a lot of the cheaper things. It's not like I'm going in and consuming like 17 Veronica Beard blazers in like <laughs> if only six months. Yeah, if only. God, that would be the dream, right? Just kidding. Um, so it's not that. You know, it's I'm sure I've seen a huge increase in fast fashion brands. I see so much Shein, Boohoo. I see Asos fashion Nova. or Fashion Nova and Forever 21. All those, all those things. Their stuff is cute. Don't get me wrong, it's cute, but it's throwaway fashion, which is really sad. So the thrift stores are just getting jam-packed with so, so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, they're they're charging so many prices. I just don't understand how they're able to crank through the amount of clothing that they have. So now when I go to the thrift stores and I'm trying to look for quality pieces, they've either been A, picked up by somebody else, mm -hmm. B. They are being sold at too high of a price by Goodwill. See, they're being sold somewhere else by Goodwill, right? Yeah. Um, or see, there's nothing at all. And all there is is fast fashion and pieces that I don't want to exactly. sell because... That is the worst, Jen. You're literally talking gosh. about my nightmare every time I walk into the thrift store. When I look at a rack yep. and all it is is fast fashion, I'm like, why am I here? Why am I wasting mm -hmm. my time? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. First of Absolutely. All, I don't even wear that stuff myself like i don't either no i don't wear I, it i'm it, it's funny the it's the funny into the fabrics the funny thing is like and fast fashion has changed a lot too because yeah. fast fashion i will say what we considered fast fashion five years ago was right. zara h&m you know all these kind of right. other brands top shop or whatever now i don't have a problem of h&m anymore or zara or, you know, top, like, what is it? Top shop top or whatever. Shop, yeah. I see people picking that up all the time now. Sweat up bins prices, right? Because sometimes Zara is now marked up high in the thrift yeah. stores as well. Um, H&M is hit or miss, I would say. Um, but for myself, I pick up those brands now. Where before I'd be like, oh, I don't pick up those brands. I don't wear those. Now I'm just like, it's almost like there's like, <laughs> there's like, the, the the main floor of like fast fashion and then there's like the basement <laughs> and it's like I'm not going to the basement you yeah. know I didn't know that there was like another floor underneath kind of thing that's and that's what's happening that's a good analogy mm -hmm. I'll wear mm -hmm. H&M but that but I also I still pay attention to fabric though because I don't like a lot of Zara pieces oh yes they're kind of gross the way that they're made mm -hmm. it depends like, on the breathability for me on the fabric yeah yeah like I don't like super polyester. Like it's gotta have a lining. You know what I mean? Like there's like yep, certain I things. Agree. And I feel like, well, first of all, H and M US is very different than H and M Europe. So if you're one of our European listeners, like I, I know your H and M is different <laughs> than our H and M. It's a very mm -hmm. even Zara. Zara in Europe is very different than Zara in the US. It's just made different, different quality. Everything about it is different, like everything else. Um, but generally speaking, I feel like H and M's quality has gotten better with their cottons, their linens. Like I feel like they really tried to make a stride in that direction of where all the other brands were going and they were kind of like being bypassed. They want to stand out as the affordable 
brand to go to for workwear. That's kind of what H&M's vibe is. You go into the store, there's that huge section of workwear stuff. Then you've got the other section, more casual things. But like when you look at some of the influencers and bloggers out there, when they're showing H&M pieces, it's always the trousers, the button ups, the blazers. Like that's the vibe that they're trying to go for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's like the question again, bears repeating, like, is there enough for all of us? No, I don't think so. There's enough stuff out there, but it's not the stuff that we want. Yeah, in terms of reselling, I in terms of reselling, enough for that. But even for personal use, because if I were, if I'm going in there looking just for me, mm-hmm. I'm bypassing the majority of the stuff anyway. If I find one or two pieces, I'm happy. But like, it's not easy even to shop for yourself. And no, it's think about not. it. All those pieces, like. How are they turning everything over? There's always new stuff on the rack because they literally have one day a week where they pull everything and it gets dumped mm-hmm. into a trailer and off it goes. And then the new stuff comes out. So like we, if you're not at the thrift store every single day, which some of you might be, I definitely am not. If I'm there twice a month, that's a lot. Um, they're constantly shifting the product. So we don't, you don't see that unless you're there daily. You don't see that. Yeah, shit. yeah. That makes a big difference. That makes a big difference. And and the whole purpose of this conversation, like we said, it's I know it's depressing. <laughs> and we don't mean it to be. We don't mean it to be whatsoever. It's just more to like keep people informed, right? Because we definitely want to talk afterwards about like what do what do we think you should be doing mm-hmm. as opposed to just relying solely on thrift stores. I we don't think that you should be solely relying just on thrift stores unless like Daniela said, you are the type of person that can go very often, can go almost every single day, because I think that's the only way that you're going to get ahead of the game is by being yeah. there almost every single day as those new racks come out. You know, obviously you can figure out a way on how to get through the store very quickly. Um, but I think that that is one of the only ways that you're going to be able to still find the amount of success that you would have found a few years ago at the thrift stores is by constantly going there because they're not going to know everything. They're not going to price everything. They're going to miss things all the time, all the time, you know? And so it's definitely going to be, you're going to be able to find enough pieces, but I think the only way that you can find enough pieces is by consistently, consistently going. But that, so then that goes into like your business model, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is it worth it for you to go every day? Or should you be considering other ways of acquiring inventory? And that doesn't mean just online sourcing. Like people automatically say, well, then I have to source online or I have to do, you know, I need to only buy expensive things. No, like there's other ways of doing things. Like the number one thing that you could do is reach out to people around you, use apps next door, whatever. And you could do consignment if that's a way for you to get inventory. You could ask for free donations. Like it all depends on your business model. And if that's something that you want to go down, then you're acquiring inventory with zero cost. Zero. There's definitely ways to do it. There's definitely ways to do it. I think that the thrift stores have definitely changed in the way that they do business, the way that they put out inventory, all that stuff. Absolutely. But there are definitely ways that you can still get a lot of good pieces, you know, but I think that the key for you to still be successful, if especially if you're running a, a, a quantity business, okay, right? If that's what you want to do, you've got to diversify where you go, you know? So it's like, you've got to go often. Obviously, yes, to the thrift stores, that's one way to do it by going often every single day. 
And I would say going to multiple thrift stores every single day. And so you've got like your little routine and your route. Um, but if that's something that's just not feasible for you, for you to do, then you need to diversify on where you get your inventory. You need to find out where your local bins, where your local outlet pieces, um, online sourcing, that's a whole nother conversation too, because that has gotten a lot tougher and a lot more competitive as well. But usually you are paying up because you have to pay for shipping and you have to build that into your cost as well. Um, but like Daniela said, there's other apps that you can reach out to people in your community, but you can also like watch out for sales. You know, what do you see that's out there? Are there like odd outlet places that you can go to? Are there Plato's closets? Are there trade, you know, buy, sell, trade places, crossroads, all those kind of things around you. You need to start hitting up all these locations and learning about like, well, what's the markdown cadence at Plato's closet? When do they bring out new stuff? When do they not? Like that's where you're going to be able to start finding more and more pieces. Garage sales is another really great place too for you to start diversifying where you can get inventory because while I, I wouldn't say, I don't say that thrift stores are dead, um, but they're definitely, I would say in like the ICU. <laughs> <laughs> they're in critical condition. <laughs> they're in critical condition right now. <laughs> um, I think, I think that as resellers, sometimes we have a hard time going into the consignment realm of things or like consignment store realm of things because we automatically assume that everything's going to be priced up significantly. Um, I think you'd be surprised that when you go into a lot of consignment stores, there are some brands there that they just, they just don't value the same way that we do in the reselling world that you can get at a really great price or they don't know the brand, right? They don't, mm-hmm. even, they have no clue what it even is. They just got it because it was a trending type of piece. Um, but I also think if online sourcing scares you, but you want to start to venture into that world of like paying up for pieces and and understanding the profit margins that exist between that, I think a consignment store is a great way to get your hands on pieces and feel it out and get to learn authenticity and like start diving into this other world. So that you, when you maybe do go into online sourcing, which I think online sourcing is a great avenue for people. I think that you have to find what works for you with online sourcing, what you exactly want to get when you're online sourcing. Mm-hmm. But the best way to get that knowledge is to go into these other stores that you may not necessarily buy things at, but you want to experience it. You want to feel the pieces. You want to understand what they look like. So when you are just viewing a picture on the internet, you actually understand what it is that you're buying. If yeah. it's real, if it's not real. You could do that going into retail stores too, but I know some people don't feel comfortable doing that. Jen and I love going to retail stores and touching everything. Love so it. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Oh yeah, I do. I do. It's the but best yeah, market research. It is the best market research and it's free to do and you can expense it. You can expense your lunch. You can expense your gas because it's all part of your business. So well, it yeah. is kind of interesting, but yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely an interesting conversation because as, as a thrifter, I have been a thrifter my in, entire life. I have, um, I was never one of those people who just went in for, I knew a lot of kids that went in just for Halloween, you yeah. know what I mean? To get their Halloween stuff. You know, we grew up, um, you know, with not a lot of money and I would have to go into thrift stores to find some new clothing every, you know, and, and I loved it. I've always loved it, but definitely I've seen such a huge change. And even in the amount of people, I can't tell you how many people I see in our thrift stores now with carts full 
of stuff. Absolutely like, like spilling over. I never saw that before. I never did. And half the time, don't you want to just be like, I want to look what's in your cart. What do you got there? What exactly are you buying and how did you find it? Because I've been here for an hour and I have found nothing. (laughs) I am curious to see. Yes. Let me look at those labels. But yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting. Um, to kind so of see I'm going to propose something, Jen. Do yes. we think that thrift stores are dying for the women's clothing market, but it is still mm-hmm. okay for other categories? Hmm. I think as of right now, I think they're still okay for other categories. However, I think that these categories are catching the fever. <laughs> that's happening in the women's department. I've definitely seen, cause I will look in the men's department, you know, for things maybe for my husband, yeah. I'll look in the kids department for Ellie, for her clothes. And I see a lot less there than I did before. Um, and I am starting to see some men's brands that are very obvious um, being marked up more expensive, not as much, yeah. Um, they don't know as many men because I don't think there's as many male fashion resellers out there. Right. Um, so there's not as much information I think that's out there. However, I've been recently really focusing on home goods for myself, you know, in my home. And if it's a clear, clear heavyweight that they know of, like a, a pottery barn, a crate and barrel, Lake Crusade, whatever you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Baccarat, Waterford, Tiffany, whatever, all that kind of stuff. If it's clearly marked, they know it and they are marking it up now. Yeah. They definitely are. I just recently went to the thrift store and I ended up finding three pieces of Le Creuset. Um, and Lucky. it was, yeah, I was really looking, and they're brand new, brand new. And mm-hmm. um, the, the spoon rest was, I think, four ninety nine. not bad. Nope. The pitcher, I think, was around... A little tiny picture, maybe like six ninety nine. It could be wrong. I should be referencing my stories, but the um, utensil holder that I got was twenty dollars. You know, and I know twenty dollars. That to me is cheap because it's my own thing. Yeah, you know that I want to get average, like in the average cost of goods scheme, fine. Yeah, I thought that was fine, but but I would have never seen that twenty bucks a few years ago. Like no, no way, no way. You know, so there's definitely like price increases that are happening on pieces, but. It's mostly safe for now, yeah. but I do see some changes happening. So what about you? I think, so I think women's, I think the women's clothing and shoes and handbag, just women's category in general is yeah. going to continue to become very difficult. Um, I yeah. really don't think there's any way around it. I just think that it's the easiest category to get into, whether you're a male or female, and it's the easiest category to sell. Um, but it comes with a lot of caveats, like the things that we talked about in this episode. I, I think what I have noticed here is that home goods are getting priced up because a lot of people are not going to the traditional stores and buying their plates and their glassware and everything. They're going to the thrift store to get it or mm-hmm. they're creating collections of some sort and, you know, or they're looking for specific things. So I have noticed that home goods pieces have been on the rise over the last couple of years. Maybe I noticed it more because I'm personally buying things from my home and that might be why mm-hmm. I'm noticing it more, but I, I mm-hmm. feel like what I would have paid a couple of years ago is, is definitely up. I'd say at least 20%. Yeah, definitely. Men's, I rarely go into men's, but 
the times that I have gone in, the prices are almost equaling women's clothing. Mm-hmm. And it was never the case before. No, Unless it was no. like a two-piece suit, like fine. Like I understand that being more expensive. But I'm talking about like regular things. They're almost the same price point for women and men. So I'd be curious if you guys are men's um, menswear shoppers and you sell them, what you guys are mm-hmm. seeing on that front because you know our experiences are mostly women's here so um i would be curious to see that and i have noticed that kids items have also gone up yes yeah they definitely have they know the brands too in there they know you know the hannah anderson's the t's the jack Janie and jack or whatever um all of that patagonia all of that stuff has definitely gone up quite a bit in the kids realm as well to the point now where I actually don't really buy a lot of my kids stuff anymore in the thrift store. I actually just, they're the same price that they are on Poshmark. Mm -hmm. So I just buy all of Ellie's stuff there instead. Um, which is a shame because I love, I love buying kids clothes secondhand. I love giving it a second life, but I definitely have seen an increase in it and I've seen less things there's less yes. stuff in there than there was before, you know, yes. before it was just like jam packed full of things. Um, now I don't see that as much. So I've actually just been buying secondhand still, but all, all online, all yeah. on, on reselling platforms. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been affected as much as the women's category, but I do think that overall the whole store thrift store has gone up. I, I would say at least 20%. I think 20% is probably on the lower yeah. side of how much some pieces have gone up, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that thrift stores themselves are going to go away, right? Like, they're not dying in that. Oh, place. no. But yeah. I think mm-hmm. in the reselling space, a lot of people have to just reevaluate what is actually worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at their time, looking at how much money they're spending when they are going to a thrift store. Are they walking out with items that they really want? Or are you just picking things up because you feel like you have to pick something up because you walked in? Like I think there's a lot of evaluation that needs to happen going into next mm-hmm. year. Um, and I and I, it is interesting to see certain players in the reselling space either shift to just pallets, shift back to the bins, or completely do something different than they ever did before. Maybe that uh, I will say it. the resellers that I feel are running very healthy businesses um all diversify where they get their inventory they all do you know and it's like it's very clearly that's the name of the game that's the way to survive is by ensuring that like you get creative in your space and figure out where are different places that you can get um inventory you know so it is I want to end the episode on a tool. If you're thinking about online sourcing, there's lots of tools that have come out, but there's mm-hmm. one in particular that um, has re- recently been pushed out. It's called Benny, B-E-N-I. It's a Google Chrome extension, but you can also add the extension to your phone. If you have iPhone or Android, doesn't matter. And they have an app and you can, it's in beta right now, but you can search on it. And this is where it can get fun for online sourcing. You can search on it. Ola Johnson, I don't know olive dress or you can be specific and put a specific style in there it will pull google results and it pulls every item that would match your description with the price and the website when you click on it it brings you right to that website to buy the item so this would be a way for you to kind of slowly dive into online sourcing if you want to download it it's free and 
start searching for things, see what the price points are out there. You'll be able to get items that were recently listed that someone who's not actively searching on that site wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. I will say that when I started kind of testing it the other day, a lot of the things that I were looking for pulled up the real real. And that doesn't surprise me because a lot of the pieces that I would be looking for are sold on the real real. But it was interesting because it was showing me things on the real real that I necess- that I would have probably missed because there's just so many pieces and like it's just so overwhelming to look on there sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I found a few things that were like $25, $35. Yeah, sure. And they could probably I could resell it between that $150 to $250 mark. To me, that's a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll spend $25, $30 bucks on a piece to flip it for $150. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, but it, I think it's a really cool application that um maybe resellers can start using if they want to venture into that online sourcing so b-e-n-i benny nice well thanks daniela welcome add that to your list things to do today download that app <laughs> put it on your phone <laughs> i think it's going to be useful for people who want to yeah you know, go into that area but we're curious do you guys think their stars are dead what are your thoughts yeah. what do you think, Jen? Yeah, are they not. dead I, I, i'm gonna say no they're not dead they're just changing yeah. and we have to change yeah, no, no. Like I said, no, I don't think they're dead either. Um, but like I said, I, I, they're definitely, I don't know, like I said, they're, they're, they're definitely like in the hospital and like still waiting <laughs> for think, test results I or something like that. To change. <laughs> I think in 2024, we're going to start seeing changes in the thrift store because the economy is going to leave them with no choice but to change. Yeah, it'd be cur- I'm curious to see how long this fad and this trend of like shopping at thrift stores is cool. Because eventually it will, like everything, all trends, it will die down and then I'm sure come back again and everything. So that'll be interesting to to see kind of what happens. But we're definitely in the, in the height, I would say, yeah. of just like thrift store mania and everybody absolutely just, you know, consuming a lot in there, which is great because we're saving tons of pieces from the landfills. And that's really great that people are seeing that. But I, I do think like most trends, it, it will fade and die down as you know, especially since it is a younger generation, you know, once they start working, making money, maybe they'll stop doing that. I don't really know. But yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It will be. But hang tight if you're in the middle of it right now and you're feeling the struggle. Just hang tight. There's different things that you guys can do out there. Promise. You can still be <laughs> a successful reseller. We just have to oh, absolutely. pivot and change. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be back. Actually, we probably are going to be recording our winter trends in the next oh, couple yeah. of weeks, which is crazy. Yep, um, yep, yep. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, yeah, we got to do that. It's November. <laughs> I know. I would say based on like the weather trend though, right now, I'll say bathing suits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not even forget, forget winter. We're just bypassing Short shorts. <laughs> yeah, sleeveless sleeveless tees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.